Jesus said, but to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking and they say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the, the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Now, God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and redeemer. Many of you know that my life turned upside down again about two weeks ago. Call it coincidence or ironic, but this scripture from Matthew 11 has spoken a little truer for me as the tendrils of weariness have woven into my life in the best possible ways. On June 26, my little family grew when Grayson, my first foster son that was sitting next to me down here, and I welcomed 15-month-old Oliver as my second foster son. He is such a delightful, happy little guy, toddling around the house, chasing my dogs and Grayson, and screaming his very high-pitched pterodactyl scream constantly in joy and excitement. For those of you with multiple children, you know that moving from one child to two is a pretty big change. Suddenly, as a single parent, I've moved from a man-on-man -man defense to a zone defense, and I haven't quite figured out the best game plan yet now that I'm outnumbered. Weariness seems quick to set in when you haven't had a full night's sleep in a while. Your dishwasher breaks and the clothes and dishes and dirty diapers are never ending. But it is a weariness that I wear boldly because I have chosen to take on this particular yoke knowing that somehow, somehow, Jesus is wearing it alongside me and the Holy Spirit is pushing me forward. And so I testify to you briefly in this moment, because for some reason God felt like I needed less sleep, but more seriously, I feel that God called me to care for another foster child, to take on this yoke as crazy as it is, to open my home and my heart even more. It is the burden that I feel God has promised I can bear 
if I turn to Christ to help me bear it together and create that home that these children need. I've been thinking a lot about home recently, and I believe it's this sense of home that Jesus is calling us to. So what is home? What does it mean to you? Is it simply a place to sleep and store our stuff? For many of us, it is a place to rest, to grow and to learn, to nurture or to be nurtured, to be your most authentic self. At least, at least this is the ideal that we strive for, though for many, I recognized home is far from that. But I pray that home is where we can rest, where we can rejuvenate, readying ourselves for tomorrow and for what the future brings. As people of faith, we claim a God that came among us and made God's home with us, God incarnate of blood, of flesh, sharing our human pain, our sorrow and joy, so that ultimately we might know God intimately and create a home with God and know God's rest. This is God's deep desire that we become a part of and help build our eternal home with God where peace and justice flourish, not just in some distant future, but today where so many are weary and need rest, weary from poverty, weary from war, division, from injustice. And so in Matthew's gospel, God came in Christ and invites us into discipleship with Christ. Hear the last verses of Matthew 11 again. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I pray it is a scripture that many of you are familiar with, it is one that gives me heart and courage that we are not alone in this life that we lead, but that God is present and helps us carry our burdens when they threaten to overwhelm us. But it's also a bit odd because God promises that rest is given by taking up Christ's yoke. But what is a yoke? Commonly, a yoke, a big farm instrument, is used to attach or yoke two animals together, making them a team, much like what Dr. Andy was talking about, that would carry a plow or a heavy cart for farming. What one animal does, the other must do, or they fall out of step. And so it's critical that each animal learns to carry its load while yoked together. It's not a natural skill, but one that must be taught and trained. Theologian Douglas Hare writes, in this word, Jesus may be saying, become my yoke mate and learn how to pull the load by working beside me and watching how I do it. The heavy labor will seem lighter when you allow me to help you with it. In this scripture, Jesus' yoke is called easy in this translation, but the underlying Greek word is kind. 
So a good yoke is one that is carefully shaped so that there will be a minimum of chafing. Jesus' yoke will be kind to our shoulders, enabling us to carry the load more easily. In this sense alone, his burden will be light. And so God doesn't promise to take our work away, but to bear it with us. God isn't suggesting that we give up the work that we are called to do, but to embrace it alongside Christ. You see, it's not the rest of inactivity. Jesus did not come to abolish the law of Moses, but to fulfill it, as he states in Matthew 5. So it's not a vacation from the law, but a less burdensome way of fulfilling it. When we experience Christ's rest, when we come to know that sense of God's home, we then have eyes to see others who are weary and unable to go forward, needing us, needing God's people to step in and help carry that yoke alongside them. And so our work becomes a shared work with Christ and Christ's disciples. Scholar Lance Pape writes, what Jesus offers is not freedom from work, but freedom from onerous labor. Soul-sick weariness is not the inevitable consequence of all work, but rather of work to which we are ill-suited, or of work extracted under compulsion and motivated by fear, or of work performed in the face of utility. There's also the weariness that comes from having nothing at all to do that truly matters. The easy yoke means having something to do, a purpose, a purpose that demands your all and summons forth your best. It means work that is motivated by a passionate desire to see God's kingdom realized. It means work toward a certain future in which all of God's dreams will finally come true. To accept the yoke of the gentle and humble Lord is to embrace the worthy task that puts the soul at ease. Perhaps this means examining the work that we find ourselves doing day in and day out and asking the question, is it life-giving? Is it building God's kingdom, or am I just slogging along? Am I trusting that God will bear this yoke with me, or am I bearing it alone, wearing myself out and heading to despair? Preacher Ian Apple writes, when we come to Jesus, we have to leave behind some of the ways we live in the world. We have to let go. Trust in something beyond ourselves. Where are the places in our lives where we feel overburdened or exhausted, resentful or entitled? If the end goal is to rest in Christ, maybe the question we need to be asking ourselves, both individually and as a community, is what is it that is preventing us from resting and finding a peace that passes all understanding? Is it that you don't think that you have enough? Or is it that you're frustrated because you know absolutely what is right and judge that others do not? Or is it simply that nagging feeling like you simply can't get anything right? 
Christ steps in, Christ invites us to come and to take his yoke. This taking on of Christ's yoke doesn't mean that the work we have to do won't be hard, but that it will be shared. We will set down the worldly things that we carry and walk in step with Christ, our Christ, who is gentle and humble-hearted. Christ's rest is for us. God's home is waiting for us. But so is Christ's yoke. Christ says, come to me. Friends, let us go together and pick up Christ's yoke. Amen. Let us now join our hearts together as one as we come before God in prayer. Because we do not make ourselves, because we do not keep ourselves, because we cannot forgive ourselves, our hearts reach out to you, O God. We thank you for our creation, our preservation, and our redemption, for hills to climb, burdens to carry, and fears to overcome. We thank you for all that helps us in our life's journey, for the remembrance of those who walked this way before us and did it well, for signs of your presence, often in unlikely places, given to us that we might know that we are not alone, for the unanswerable logic of our lives given over to your service in selfless love for the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and minds, uniting for us the Jesus of history and the Christ of faith. With all that lies within, within us, we profess your goodness and speak your praise through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We pray today for those who seek as Christians to make this great city mindful of your ever-abiding presence, for concerned disciples who labor in media and marketing and work to free our public communications from foolishness and greed. For those in the judicial system who believe that justice participates in the eternal and labor in that light. For business leaders who reject the cheap product and inflated price in an effort to serve the public well. For educators and librarians and museum staff who delight in offering their very selves for the growth and blossoming of our humanity, for police and law enforcement officers who uphold the law fairly and with understanding, for those in the performing arts who work to awaken us, awaken in us the good and beautiful and true, for prison and hospital and hospice chaplains who quietly make their rounds each day communicating hope, for parents in our most underserved and underrepresented communities who defy their challenging surroundings and secure their children in love that will not quit. Oh God, we pray for those we know as well, for those in this family of faith, for those in our own families and those who have become like family to us, those who suffer in mind and body and spirit. Be especially with Gary and with Mark and Virginia and Evelyn and little Johnny. For the people in the community of the world, especially those in Sudan and Ukraine. Shine the light of your truth once again 
upon our less than perfect hearts, O God. For left to ourselves, we have a way of befriending sin and opposing righteousness. Help those whose yokes and burdens are heavy to find unexpected moments of peace and rest. By your providence, lead those who are down into some life experience in which their worth will be affirmed. Call back to you those who can remember a day when the love they loved you more than themselves. And for those who weep the tears of the broken and bereaved, renew a vision of hope that one day all things will be made new. Keep us faithful to each other and to you whatever comes until into your strong arms we fall and our work here is done. Through Christ, our risen Lord, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, God is faithful and gracious to us. God upholds us and raises, raises us up. Let us show our thanksgiving by giving generously to support the ministries that ease burdens and give rest to those in need. Let us bring who we are and what we have, our time, our talents, our lives, and our offerings. 